Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Pastor Jay and I have talked about this, but really the Lord's been leading us to teach more on uh, establishing the proper renewing of the mind. And that's what we're talking about when we say establishing mindsets, renewing our mind. Uh, when we renew our mind, also we open our spirit or our heart for revelation knowledge or what we call understanding and light. Because you can't believe God with your head. But the head needs to be straightened out because, you know, some of us have heard things over the years. Uh, for instance, healing isn't for today. Well, that's not scripturally sound. So our mind needs to be renewed to that. And understanding will come to our heart that, hey, that you can take that for yourself. And you take it by your heart of faith. By, by faith's grasp in your spirit, you just take it by faith. And then you begin to say it because we know that when we say what we believe, that it becomes, it, it is generated or it comes to pass as a result of our saying it. Just like a generator, if these lights were to go off, and, you know, if there is a storm, but it's not going to affect us here, praise the Lord. If, if the lights were to go off and then the generator would kick in and would kind of spit and sputter and but power is being put into these, uh, into the wires to go to the lighting fixtures in order to bring light. And when we are saying, by Jesus' stripes we are healed, according to Isaiah 53, according to uh, Matthew 8, 17, according to 1 Peter 2, 24, why do I constantly use those? Because in the, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Now you find the scriptures for whatever you're believing believing for, whether that be prosperity, healing, uh, financial, whatever you need, just forgiveness of sin. First John one, nine, he has forgiveness and we receive by faith. And then we begin to say, I'm forgiven. Amen. And we experience that forgiving grace. We experience that healing grace. We experience that, that financial power to it prosper. Amen. As we say it, just like we flip on those or just like that generator comes on. And so our mouth is like a generator that gives power, give, actually gives action to the power that goes into those lights. Amen. So give action to the power of God by speaking the word of God daily. Now, just really, real quickly, I'd like you to go because this just came up in my heart to uh, Mark chapter 11, 22. And this is a simple way to explain the faith of God. Amen. And you might say, why are you always talking about faith? Because that's how we get saved. That's how we receive the promises of God. And, and I believe I'll be talking a little bit about how God's mercy is displayed, how his compassion is displayed to us, especially to young believers. Yes. In other words, he's merciful, he's compassionate that people have come in and they're ignorant or they lack knowledge because they haven't heard the word. So he will come and he will minister his healing power. He will minister by the mercy. And, and that's what Jesus' earthly ministry did. He went to a people that didn't even know that they, you know, some of them should have known they had a covenant, but they obviously weren't up on it. Uh, the Israelites had a covenant already, but many weren't walking in it. But he also ministered to Gentiles and he ministered pe people that had a lot, lack of knowledge of who they were in God and what they could have. So he ministered his healing power. But what did he do? 
he, he reached out in compassion, but he taught them about faith. Yes. And there's at least 75% of those gospel uh, stories where Jesus ministered by faith. Yes. So it's very important. We can say, look, we need to be compassionate. We yes. need to be merciful. Yes, we do. But compassion and mercy actually helps open the door for us to use what? to use our faith. In other words, God is not being inactive, but he's actively teaching us. He's actively training us. He's actively showing us how to possess what we need. But what do we need to do? We need to attend. And we've been talking about giving our attention so that understanding can come. Not only our minds being renewed, but our spirit man needs to get revelation knowledge. It needs to get understanding so that the hand of faith can reach out and take hold. Amen. So attend to my words. Incline your ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. And that's not just live stream. And that's not just at home reading a scripture here or there. Or that's not just just having your own Bible study. Uh, But God said, forsake not the assembling together of the local church and and to honor the fact that you have a pastor that God has given the the word of God. And as you receive and you honor that teaching, you know, that's something that somebody can be haughty and lifted up in pride and that type of thing. But in all honesty, I've said this before. Sometimes I forget I'm a pastor. Sometimes I forget I have a secretary. I just, I just, you know, I just do it myself. (laughs) Understand? So you just, we endeavor to stay humble on those lines. It's not about uh, control. It's not about the authority. It's about God has given Pastor Jay and I a gift and pastors in the body of Christ a gift to teach the word of God so that you could have revelation knowledge. And that's just the way God set it up. Right? And and God likes order. And he has established a system of order to come and get involved and put your hand in helps ministry and so on and so forth. So are you there in Mark? Well, that was all free. But in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In other words, have faith in God or in the Greek, that means have the God kind of faith. Did you know that you have God's faith inside of you? And according to Romans 12, we've all been given a measure of faith, but faith comes by hearing as well. In other words, if you want understanding of that, if you want faith added to you in whatever situation you need it for, you've got to hear God's word and the faith of God that's already inside of you will rise up as a result of hearing the word of God and you will be able to say it with your mouth and it will be generated in your situation. So don't make it difficult. Don't make it hard. We just need to renew our mind to the fact that we have faith. Tell your neighbor, I have faith. I have faith. Faith enough that can, can blow any sickness, any disease out of your body. Just hear the word of God along the line that you need and begin to speak it. And that thing will be generated. 
So Jesus was using a mountain as an illustration. I see him pointing at that mountain and he says, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. In other words, we could say it like this, uh, taking out the mountain that wouldn't do injustice to the scripture, but he, he could say it this way. Whoever says... And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And Jesus taught our spiritual father, Dad Hagen, in a vision that he had. And I believe he wasn't eating too much pizza. I believe he really heard from God. And I honor the fact, but it's in the word of God. And and he said that you're going to have to teach three times more on the saying than the believing. Now let's go on down to verse uh, 23 there. Actually, 24, it says, therefore, I say to you, who, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So it says, therefore, in other words, what's it there for? He's basically saying the same thing. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So you can say it or you can ask for it or you can say it or pray it. But Jesus has already provided some things for us. He's already provided uh, health and healing. He's already provided prosperity. He's already provided forgiveness. You just need to start hooking up and saying it. Okay, if it makes you feel better to ask for it, go ahead and ask. It says that you can. But all of us need to believe that we receive. Just like I said, if if, uh, Tim were to say, would you like this pen? Sure, I'd like that pen. Yeah, a nice pen. Thank you. (laughs) So I take it. I receive it. I'm holding it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, but don't give it back. (laughs) So we've got to teach on the saying part three times more than the believing part. But believing comes from the heart as a result of renewing the mind. I said believing comes from the heart as a result from renewing the mind. Amen? So let's go back to Colossians and see what we were talking about there. says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Uh, if then you were raised with Christ, seek. Now that word seek actually means to seek in order to find. To seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, inquiring, aiming after, demanding, craving. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but we've got to crave it. And what do we've got to crave? The understanding of it. Now, even as I'm, uh, some of you, I'm seeing you look over here and look over there and what have you. Others are looking straight ahead. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not pointing anybody out, but we've got to learn to tell this mind to look and not be distracted from the things around us. And and that that takes a purposing of our spirit man. Our spirit man is to dominate the mind. It's to dominate the body. The only way that it can dominate is if you renew the mind so that the mind is in agreement with the heart. 
A man that's not in agreement in their mind and their heart differs or unstable. It talks about that man in James 1, unstable in all your ways. So you need to hear the word of God and, and revelation is in your spirit that rises up. And that's what we call faith. And then we speak that faith out. Amen. So a, a man that is strong, a man that is a mature Christian will learn to renew their mind and then gain understanding in their heart according to the word of God, according to the Holy Ghost speaking in the heart. And then uh, as they're in agreement, then they speak it out. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? So seek those things. Now, real quickly, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. And start in verse 10. Matthew chapter 13 and start in verse 10. Matthew 13. And the disciples were asking Jesus, you know, why do you speak to them in parables? Why are you speaking to them in stories? And, and Jesus said in verse 11, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, that word has for whoever has. In other words, for whoever holds on to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we were talking about seeking. And, it, and that word seek means seek to find. So whoever has, in other words, whoever has been seeking and then they find understanding and then they hold on to it and don't let go of it. Amen. Now, understand in order to gain understanding, which we call faith or which we call revelation knowledge of the word of God, your mind gate has to be focused. Wherever your mind is focused, your heart will follow. I said, wherever your mind is focused, your heart will follow. If you're thinking about something else, it's going to affect the faith in your heart. And things can get down inside your heart by focusing on the wrong things. And that's why we say roots of bitterness. That's why I warn people, not because we're mad at people, not because we're just trying to be the big corrector or the big kahuna around here, but we warn people when you've been raised in families where there's bitterness, where there's offense, where people are criticizing and talking about others, when you've been raised in families that are divided, man and woman, Male and female. When you've been raised in, you know, husband and wife, where words have been spoken, then there's division. Let me tell you, you, you are going to have to root some things up, some mindsets. You're going to have to root some things up and let go of them because in Colossians, Colossians, that word mindset means a mentality or in the King James, it says affections, set your affections, set your minds, set uh, what is the mentality that you want to have? It's always needs to be in line with God's word and what you set your mind on will also get inside of your heart. Whatever you focus on. And I want to show you today, because the Lord started uh, dealing with me to go uh, along a little bit, si- little bit different side of the mountain here. But let's continue to read. So whoever has to him more will be given. In other words, light is progressive. The more light you turn on, the more you're going to see. Well, that's a heavy revy, isn't it? If you're sitting in a dark room, turn on the light. Tell your neighbor, turn on the light. 
Yeah. So many of us have had things that have been established in us over the years, but we've got to turn on the light and renew the mind and what I call the law of displacement. Displace the wrong for the right. And teach your mind and train your mind this is the right thing. And then the doubt and unbelief also that has been in your heart or the offense, it will be pushed out by the word of God because faith pushes out doubt. Joy pushes out sadness. As you use your joy, which is a fruit of the spirit, as you use your faith, which is a fruit of the spirit, uh, then doubt and unbelief will be pushed out. Amen. And though in offense, as you choose to forgive, offense will be pushed out. Roots that have been in there will be uprooted. Happy days. Pandor shinget und stand erlischt und brande etosh agi zondaya. So certainly the thoughts and the masuka and the mentalities of the past that have come into your home, surely you said, but God, I'm through that. I'm over that. It's no longer affecting me. Yes, but it is affecting you. And surely I say to you, as you crave for the right, then these things that are wrong will be taken out and replaced with the right but it must come from a heart that says Lord I want your best and I crave the best give me understanding to apply give me understanding to displace give me understanding to make the changes and no longer to yield to offense no longer to yield to bitterness no longer to yield to the mentalities of my past So whoever, I believe, I believe all of us could take that in some way, shape, or form. So don't think I'm trying to vie for somebody. But understand something. God is saying, don't be stubborn. Don't hold your help away through offense. Don't help your, uh, don't hold your health away through arguing against the truth. Amen. And there's some things that I want to point out along that line, but let's continue to read there. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, whoever does not hold on to what he has. And then let's go on and let's go on to uh, verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Again, light is progressive. Understanding will come, but we can lose that understanding if we don't continue to look, if we don't continue to attend. And we try to tell people, be faithful to your local church. Again, not trying to be the great corrector, but when you come, every time the doors are open, well, I don't need to be there at all the events, my friend. That's deception. Yeah, but I don't really like to be around a lot of people. That's deception. Because God wants you to build. um, uh, He wants you to build relationships with others in the church. I'm not necessarily talking about coming up to somebody and telling them all your problems. Although it's okay to share some things you're dealing with. But simply say, hey, would you agree with me? But God wants us to get away from a mentality of, okay, I need to go to the counselor and dump all my junk on her. 
God wants us to get away from those mentalities yes. and he wants us to learn, first of all, to learn in, in the service and, and to get revelation knowledge of the word of God and to attend, yes. to Amen. renew our mind and, and, and to feed our spirit. Amen. And how do we feed our spirit? By meditating on the yes. word. Yes. By acting on the word, yes. by putting the word first place yes. in our lives. Amen. 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 And by listening to the voice of our spirit. Yes. Those are the four things we went over uh, last Wednesday. Dad Hagen said over 30 years to develop his yes. spirit. The four things that he found over the years was meditating in the word, yes. acting on the word, yes. putting the word first place. Yes. Amen and responding to your spirit. In other words, whatever the Holy Spirit says in your spirit, because we don't have a scripture necessarily that says, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt move here. Thou shalt take this job. Thou shalt do this. But when the Holy Ghost talks to your heart, your mind can be renewed because of what he's saying. Make sure it's coming from a right heart. Not your interpretation. And I would say, don't be making a lot of uh, major decisions, especially when your heart is not developed, yeah. especially when you've just gotten out of a fence, yeah. especially, you know, you need to be walking in the fruit of the spirit. In other words, you need to be using your fruit, stirring up the joy, stirring up the faith, stirring up the loving kindness, stirring up these things. You need to be praying in the Holy Ghost, you need to be feeding on the word of God. Then when you are to make a decision in your life, make sure it's coming from a pure heart. Not based on mentalities of your past, not based on what grandma taught you, not based on what mom and dad said, not based on offense. And many times we bring sabotage into our Christian yeah. relationships yeah. Yeah. because all of our lives we've been yeah. taught right. yeah. and we've been shamed yeah. and we've allowed these things to get yeah. in not only to our mind gate but into our heart. Yeah. Yeah. And God is endeavoring to tell the church today, you've been forgiven. No longer do you have to live in shame. No longer do you have to live in impurities. No longer do you have to bow down to sin. No longer do you have to allow these things to dominate your life and all evil and horrific things. But God is saying, as you meditate on my word, it'll push it out. It'll displace it with the right. But you've got to come. You've got to keep getting back up when you miss it. And getting back up and getting back up. And you've got to come. And you need to be at all the events. And you need to establish relationships with other Christians. And we're not an island off of ourselves. Well, you can receive that or not. If you receive it, it'll work for you. If you don't, it won't. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, here in verse 18, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. And that wayside means off the progressive route. In other words, he was looking away 
from the right place. He got off of the route and his mind was looking at the wrong wrong thing and therefore it affected the heart and it affected the understanding. But when we come and we say, Lord, I'm going to gain understanding. I'm going to renew this noodle. I'm going to renew this mind. I'm going to do what it takes. I'm letting offense go. I'm letting everything else go. And as understanding comes and God gives me direction, I will use my faith. I will apply it to my life. It will bring change to me. It will bring change to this world. Amen. Because it's not all about us. But when we follow our own plans, when we follow our own interests, these are mindsets that have been put into us over the years, whether by parents, whether by people that we've been close to, whether by institutions of learning, whatever things that we've been reading, things that we've been allowing to get in. If you have tendencies to go certain routes, the only thing that will eradicate that thing from your life is meditate on on the word of God that is the opposite. Yeah, we've learned some good things over the years, no doubt about that. I know Pastor Nancy uses a lot of good illustrations from her mom and dad and her upbringing, and and they weren't even Christians. There can be a lot of good things, uh, but how much more when we get the word of God and there's an understanding how to apply these things into our life. And when it comes to a place where you're not just sitting there looking at me like I fell out of a well, it'll start working for you. And I can see it on some individuals. You know, not everybody. Again, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just endeavoring to follow my heart. But I can see it. You're just going to go home and do the same thing. Well, you know, maybe I'll just brush it a little bit. Well, it didn't work for me. Come on. Come on. Well, you really worked it. But when we come and we attend and not with eyes that are filtered with unbelief, not with eyes that are filtered with offense. I can say something to somebody. I can minister something to somebody. But when they hear it with a filter of offense, it will always... It will always lead to deception. I've had individuals, I've said things in the service. Sometimes I've ministered by the Spirit of God. And somebody will come to me and say, well, you know, I'm not sure why you said that. And I'm like, I know why I said it. Because your mind needs to be renewed. And you can either receive it or you can come to me and try to correct me for saying it. But let me tell you something about honor. Let me tell you a little bit something. Did your mom and dad ever say, ever say anything to you that you didn't agree on? Maybe you thought that wasn't right. And whether it was or not, there's an institution that God made in his organization, organizational structure. It's called mom and dad. And when mom and dad said something, that's what went. And you didn't come back and say, okay, explain that to me or this or that. I never went to my dad and said, explain to me why you don't want me to go to that movie. Or I would have got the seat of my understanding with his belt. And some people need to learn 
Go to God if you don't understand something. Get understanding. Get clarity from Him. And stop insinuating that the pastor missed it. Maybe they did. Maybe they said something that was right. Maybe they ate too much pizza. I can miss it. Do you know that Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy have ministered many things to Pastor and Jay over the years, and they've been our spiritual parents, and never once did I go back to them and say, okay, I need, I need you to explain that to me. Where did that say that in the Word? Or, or you know, why did you say that? Even if I didn't fully agree with it, I gave it to God. I laid it down. And I've had them, in some respects, when I said something that wasn't as honoring because I was going to go there with them, I've had them walk off from me. Were they being mean? Were they being upset? Were they tra- No, they were trying to let me know, go to God with it. Go to God with it. So don't come to me after a service and say, I don't know why you said that. Come on. Go to God and get understanding, Amen. get clarity. Amen. Not that, and for the younger ones, I will take more time Amen. to explain things. And I will tell them, put it on the shelf. But when you've been around here for years, and then you come back and you want understanding about what I said by the Spirit of God, and I can miss it. I can miss it. I can miss it. But go to God, get understanding, get clarity, and keep it honorable. All right? Again, I never went to my dad. When he told me something, I just did it. Didn't always understand. I just did it. And I'm still around. Didn't hurt me. Amen. Amen. Well, that was all free. Wasn't trying to meditate on, you know, not mad at anybody. Now, I want to go back to Colossians. Some of you who have grown up and you've been around here for a while. And you may wonder why Pastor Jay and I don't take as much time to go over and over and over these things with you. Because my Bible says that we shouldn't have to go over the elementary things. But they should already be established in our lives. And we should not dispute these things. But we should go forward. Well, that was all free. So set your mind, Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above. Now, let me tell you how to pray for your pastor. Don't pray, well, Lord, show them the revelation I have. <laughs> That's good. Amen. I'm just trying to help you. Thank you. Pray for them and, and, and say, Lord, give them understanding and pray the Ephesians prayers. Yes. You know, one and three. Give them understanding. And Father, give me understanding of that. And if there's anything different from what they said to me or ministered to me, or what they counseled me. You show them and you show me. And it'll be clear. And I've lived that way and I've never, uh, I I mean, I can't say I've never missed it, but I've gotten here. 
And I've honored the people that have said things in my life. There's a reason they said what they did, and I, I needed to get to, to, to the, the main reason why they said it to me. So when we're disputing things, and I'm not just, I'm not vying for anybody. I'm just, I'm talking about all of us. We have to have a heart when we're disputing things. Be careful. Look back over your years. What type of example were you brought up in? Were you allowed to dispute with your parents? Were you allowed, because, you know, that just, that didn't happen. In my, now with my mom, it did. And there were times when my mom would go tell my dad and then, He'd come and deal with it. And so I learned not to do that. Because really, I was too much of a buddy with my mother. You know, and I love my mom, I love my dad, but I was just too much of a buddy. And and he basically said, you don't talk to your mama that way. You understand me? Yes, sir. I understand. You don't go to her and then gripe and complain about something because she tells me about it and I'm going to deal with it, okay? Right. Well, that was all free. All right. Now, set your mind, verse 2, and again, we, we talked about but that the understanding of that is to exercise the mind, i.e. entertain or have a sentiment or an opinion, to think, to have a mindset, to be thus minded. And there have been things and ways that we have learned how to do things. And we must eradicate anything that does not line up with the Word of God. And we don't always know what lines up with the Word of God. That's why we have to keep hearing it. And that's why it's got to keep eradicating things out of us. And then that's why we have to gain understanding. Oh, I haven't been living that way. I've had other things put into me. I've counseled with people for years, and, and just because I've known natural things, I, if they were dealing with alcoholism or drug addiction, I would always ask them, was there somebody in your home who gave into alcohol? Usually, 99% of the time, there was. In other words, that example... And that thing got off on them. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they, uh, they began, it's easier to yield when you've been around it. Yes. Or even pornography. Many times people that yield to pornography, it's been something that has been, uh, you know, deep-rooted in their past. I mean, mom or dad, either one could have had magazines. That, have you ever, I mean, I, my best friend's home in the bathroom, right in the cabinet pornographic magazines. And of course we got them out and looked at them. We're kids. You know, what do you do? You're going to grab it. Oh, no, we've taught you. No. And first of all, yeah, first of all, mom and dad should never have something like that in their home. Well, this wasn't a Christian home. Any, you know, I mean, my home was supposed to be a Christian home, but we were just, you know, Easter goers, Christmas goers. And then when, uh, when grandma came and, and lived at the house for months at a time, then we go to church. Yeah. 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 And then we act like we knew what we were doing. <laughs> so those mentalities will get inside of a child and then they grow up yeah. and there's a sentiment, there's an opinion yeah. towards that way. And, and when we're teaching the word of God, it's going to hit that thing. Yeah. It's going to hit it. Yeah. Yeah. And either offense, it's called the rock of offense, will push it back, or 
it will be eradicated. And the anointing will go in and the oil and the wine will go in and it will minister. And it may hurt a little bit, but it's going in with that thing that was festering. And then the word of God goes in and it washes. You understand? But you don't want to be the rock of offense. You want to eradicate those mentalities. You want to eradicate anything that is contrary to the Word of God. And you want to eradicate anything that is interfering with your ability to function in the Christian race. Your ability to function in the local church. Anything that is hindering you from functioning in this local church is dysfunctional. This is a functional family if we're meditating on the Word, if we're practicing the Word, if we're putting the Word first place, and if we're listening to our spirit because the Holy Ghost is talking to us in line with the Word of God. Now, in order to build the right mentalities, let's go on. In verse 3, Colossians, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. In other words, eradicate it. Put to death. What are these things? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. In other words, you're putting something else before God's word. And it's allowing evil to get in. Verse 6, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Uh, My friend, you can yield to these things for a period, but eventually it will catch up with you. In which you yourselves, verse 7, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. So we may have walked in these things and built mentalities, but now we can put these things off or renew our mind, gain understanding lay them down and replace them with the right. How do we do that? In verse 18, but now you yourselves are to put off. What does that word put off mean? Put away, lay apart, lay aside. In other words, we literally just make a decision. I'm going to lay it down. I'm not going to yield to that anymore. In order not to yield to something, you've got to look at Jesus. But how do you look at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith? You look at his word. And you replace the wrong by the right of his word. And you gain understanding of how to apply that word. And you move that word in your life and you generate it by speaking. That's the process. You renew the mind, you get light in your spirit, revelation comes up, it's called faith. You act on that faith, and it works for you. And it has to be something that you're constantly looking at the right thing. Well, do I have to read my Bible 24 hours a day? No. But you need to look at the Word of God, and you need to replace with the right. You may just need to call a friend, say, hey, share some scriptures. Talk about something right. You know, if somebody has been embedded in watching pornographic movies, anything would be better. Right. Yeah. Right. Go rent a Disney movie. Yeah. 
just to replace it. I mean, some Disney movies aren't any good anymore, but just replace it with something else, all right? All right. We're not getting religious about this. We're just replacing the wrong with the right. And you've got to learn when your mind starts thinking about something, hey, stop that, and put it on something else. Put in a good CD of Christian music, okay, that's anointed. I didn't say turn on the, you know, rock and roll thing. And motivated by devils. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. It just gets in your mind. It just makes, you know, you want to go do more pornography. All right. That was all free. Now, what I'm going to do here is, let me see here. I want you to write this down in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Real quickly, 2 Corinthians 6, 11. And Paul said, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. And that word affections actually is a different affections from Colossians uh, 3 there. And it means inner, heart, bowels, soul. So we know that we can restrict ourselves by our mentalities, the things that get into our mind and the things that get into our hearts. And what you look at will get into your mind gate and it will go down into your heart. Do you understand that? And horrific things and evil things can get into your spirit. You became a new Christian in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But if you start yielding to those same mentalities that you grew up with, those things will get back into your spirit. And you've got to push them out by meditating on the word and by acting on the word. It's the only way that you can do that. And just keep on, keep on it will eventually become a lifestyle. It will be eventually become easy, but you just got to keep getting back up, keep on applying it, keep getting back up, keep on applying it, keep getting back up, keep on applying it. So we restrict ourselves by our own mentalities, our own mindsets. It says also you're crowded. By your own inner struggles. You're crowded by your own inner struggles. So back in verse 8 of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 8, when it says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. In order to put something off, we've got to receive in the right. So you can put something, you can lay it aside, but be sure you're replacing it with something that's right. And we'll talk about what we need to replace it with. But in verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Notice, 
have put on the new man. How do you put on the new man? You renew it in knowledge. In other words, you renew the mind. In other words, you change the mindsets from the old patterns that were against the word of God and you change them for the right patterns which are in line with the word of God. And these things will affect your spirit and faith. Understanding will come out of your heart and those are the things that you are to act on. Amen. Amen. That is what you are to act on. But if we are restricting ourselves by holding on to the inner things, then it's just going to... We're not going to be able to renew our mind. We're not going to be able to get the things that are not right in our heart out and hear the right. We're not going to gain understanding. And it's what you call dull of hearing. Yeah. Hardness of heart. Yes. I've sat in my office and I've talked with somebody in tears before and said, don't you understand what you're opening the door to? Yeah. Well, not really. Not really. God told me to leave the church. I'm not leaving offended. Oh, really? They're not leaving offended, but then I hear that they've been talking about us and here yeah. they've been saying this. You know, and I always go off hearsay. Uh, but yeah, you're offended. Yeah. Yeah. You said God sent you to this church and it's changed your life and it's healed your body. Yeah. And then you didn't like yeah. what somebody said to you. And I tried to say to them, God wouldn't tell you to leave a place where you're getting health and healing and prosperity and blessing. He's not telling you to leave. That's your own heart restricting. That's your own inner struggles that you have allowed to come back. Why? Because you took your mind off of the Word of God. And understanding you didn't hold on to it and it drifted away. Yes, that's right. It says to pay heed lest we drift away. Pay heed. Take hold of what you have. Guard it with everything in you. Come with the heart of, Lord, I'm getting understanding. If, there, if, if there's anything that I've let my guard, because we go to work, we're around people all week. You know, sometimes we're watching TV and not always, you know, something can get in. And we need to hear the word of God so that if something gets in, we see it. And we have light. We have understanding. And then we place it down. And we replace it with the word of God. How should we act as Christians? What should be our mindset? Verse 12. Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. This is what we're to renew our minds to. This is what we're to allow in and use in our heart because basically it's the fruit of the Spirit. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against each other, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you do. Yeah, but they haven't forgiven me. You are restricted by your own inner struggles. But they haven't done this. You are restricted. Our heart 
heart is open wide. We're trying to tell you it's not about what everybody else has done. It's about what you are doing. And we don't allow the trouble of other people to get inside of us. And if somebody chooses not to like me, I'm going to love them anyway. If somebody chooses not to do right, I'm going to do right. I can sit next to somebody and smile yeah. and be as happy as ever. Yeah. And they can be like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> because they can't affect me. Come on. And we're all at different levels in the local church. And it's a sad day in the local church when the ones who have been here for years, it's still about what everybody else is doing to me. And then... The young ones are coming in and the anointing is here and healings and the compassion of God is going forth. But then you've got somebody sitting there. Well, bless God. I didn't like how Pastor Debbie ministered to me the other day. And we're restricting not only ourselves, but we're hindering the anointing that is reaching out to the young people of the church. And our churches are infiltrated with offense. Our churches are not this one. Are infiltrated with mentalities, mentalities of, well, they, they did this to me or so-and-so did this to me. But my Bible says that if you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit, if you're putting your mind on the right things and putting down the wrong, that you will put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. In other words, somebody can spit on you and you turn the other cheek. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Forgiving somebody else isn't necessarily them forgiving you. Biblical forgiveness is letting it go even if they choose not to forgive. Now, I've, I've had to tell somebody uh, it, would, it would behoove you to apologize if you want to work in helps ministry because otherwise that stuff is going to get off on others in helps ministry. You understand? But if you choose not to forgive, you know, that, but, but we can't allow that to get into your departments. You understand? So there are things that, that uh, it's going to affect your Christian walk and how you're able to uh, uh, work in the local church and to help in the local church and, and, and to be a blessing if you choose not to forgive. If it's just about, well, they got to forgive me. There may be somebody that hasn't forgiven you. Let Pastor Jay and I deal with that. You tell us who it is. And, and how they're affecting you. I'm talking about in this local church. You can't get past it. and yeah. All right. You can't cross them in the hallway and give them a hug like love will do. Come on. If you can't get past that, then we'll meet with them and we'll determine. And we've done that before. We've had people leave the local church because so-and-so didn't apologize to me. You left your supply? Right. Yeah, but you didn't kick them out. Oh, anybody else you want us to ask to leave while we're at it? <laughs> Come on. That's good. Maybe 
endeavoring to get the light to that person. Just like you. You've been sitting there for months burning it. We didn't kick you out. We'll determine in our heart, and I will be, you know, I will let that person, if anybody's been in counseling with me, if somebody's wrong, I'll just flat out tell them. But whether or not we're going to kick them out of the church because of it. I mean, you know, if they tried to run you over in the parking lot, that might be another thing. That, that might constitute us needing to have Matt take them out, all right? Verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So can we rightfully, whatever we do, whatever our actions are, say, okay, we're doing this to God's glory. Can we, can we complain and gripe and be offended and say, okay, Lord, this is giving you glory? Of course not. And it affects the local church, doesn't it? Yeah. That's why we have to teach on these things, just like mom and dad have to uh, rally the troops at home and tell them, you're not going to talk that way to your brothers and sisters. You're not going to allow that stuff. Well, you have to do that in the local church, too. And we need to teach people how to renew their mind. Now, in Ephesians 4, verse 29, Ephesians 4, verse 29, what do, we do to remind, what do we do to renew our mind to the proper things? How do we operate? What is our mode of operation? What is the mindset that we should have as a Christian and in the local church? I'm glad you asked. Because I didn't write it out. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Except if somebody offends you, then go ahead and let them have it. <laughs> No, that's not what it says. It just says, don't do it. Let no corrupt word. You don't have to apologize for something you don't do. Now, you can apologize, and that'd be a good thing to do, but I'm just you know, trying to keep you from even having to apologize in the first place. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. That's what God is looking for in the local church. That's, that, that is what he needs in the mix in order for people to come, in order for people to feel safe, in order for people to get involved in health ministry, in order for people to grow up spiritually. He needs individuals to put off the old man and put on the new and be examples of walking in love and be tender hearted and understand that if somebody is rough around the edges that it's because of their their past and their mentalities give them a break and walk in love and you may have to say if they've been around a little bit longer uh, I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that 
because you're getting to know them. You're not trying to be the Holy Ghost policeman to everybody. You shouldn't say that. Tender mercies. When Pastor Jay and I ministered to somebody in counseling and they're hurting, and usually when somebody's not operating in their helps ministry position, right, and we have to address things or Teresa has to address it, I always tell her, ask them what's going on. Because they're obviously hurting about something because the inner struggles inside not only are restricting them, but it's coming out and it's hindering their departments. So when, and oh, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. It's all about you. You know, they're doing this, 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 this. And then I get them. You know, Teresa's done what she could. And then I get them. And I look at them and I say, it's not all about us. There are things going on. Sometimes they receive it. Sometimes they don't. If they receive it, I can help them. But many times they will be helped for a a short while, but because of a mentality of offense, they'll come back and they'll they'll go home. They'll start thinking about that and thinking about it. Then they'll come in the service and you can preach and you can teach and you can say it and you can do whatever and you can stand on your head and you can roll on the floor and you can do whatever and they won't receive it because the mentality is knocking it out. They're off the progress route. And understanding is being stolen from their life. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This all right? Philippians chapter 2, therefore... Verse 1, if there is any consolation in Christ. Now, it really sounds like Paul is really, it's just like, if I could say anything, if I could do anything, if I could just encourage it, it would be in this. And that's why we need to listen. He's almost begging them. If there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy, make me happy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself, let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And we've looked at that word in Matthew 6.25 where it says, don't worry, stop worrying. And one of the definitions of of that word worry is to push your own interest. When we lay down our interest, what we think we should have, what we think people should do for us, what we think and we... Because there's filters of us looking at me, me, me. And when we lay that down and open up the filter of God's word that says love. Yes. Amen. That says there's new Christians around here. Let's yes. reach out. Amen. Amen. That says let's do everything. Let's be a steward in my department and do it with excellence. Oh, pastor, you know, they just want, they, they just want me to help. Sure we do. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't care. They'd have me do everything around here. Well, is that true? 
Anybody? Is that true? No. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. <laughs> if we ask somebody to help with something and they say, yes, I would like to help in that, and then they turn around and get mad at us because they think that we didn't give them enough accolades or we asked them to do, I'm getting confused as I'm saying it. And we're not going to offer to pay everybody. We're led by the Spirit of God. And I have grown up sowing seed not to pay people. What are you talking about this? Because some people, they tell you they don't want to be paid, but then they get mad because you're not. And it's called confusion. And it's called your own restrictions. Your own inner struggles. You see... Growing up, and I learned this by my parents, and I thank God for that mentality that was put into me. I, I was just a, I was a helper. You know, Pastor Jay and I, we go teach in the school, and we don't ask for anything. And I don't want anything. God is helping. He's blessed us. Money's coming from all different directions. I'm like a money magnet. Okay, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, you know, because we're givers. Because I give to the poor. Because I give in my local church. Because when I don't feel like it, I fly out and teach students. And God takes care of it all. Amen. It's not about me. The Lord dealt with me to do that. So, okay, I I stir myself up about it's helping other people. Be like-minded. Don't push our own interest. In verse 5, let, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. In other words, he laid down what he wanted, and he became in the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Okay, humility. Yeah. That's a fruit of the Spirit. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. And sometimes we're going to suffer in the flesh because our heart is just to give to others. We suffer in the flesh and we're stewards to our helps ministry roles. We suffer in the flesh and we're stewards because we tell our flesh, you're not doing that because that's not going to, be, that's not going to help others in the church. That's not going to help others in the family. That's not going to help people at my job. I'm not doing that. That's serving my interests. It's not serving the interests of others, and it's hurting people. And in verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. If we would just do that, we'd have the perfect church. Do all things without complaining. In other words, stop complaining. (laughs) Disputing, what does that mean? Are you with me? Yes. Are you with, real, real quick, Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, verse 2. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. He was talking about the high priest, but Jesus, also talking about uh, Jesus, the high priest. Yeah. And God, actually, if we back up a little bit in 4.14, it 
It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but we can come and ask at the throne of grace and get it. But that word sympathize means to have compassion, to take on the hurt of that person, to have compassion for them. Now let's go back to 5.2. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant. In other words, those who have a lack of knowledge. We can have compassion on people that have come from backgrounds, a lack of knowledge, and those mentalities are are being eradicated and they're being changed with other things. You understand? But compassion does not replace faith. We have to teach individuals that God has compassion on you, but you will have to learn to receive that compassion, receive that grace, and use your faith and go through the same process of everybody else. Now, granted, it may be more difficult on the flesh because there may be more things that one person may have to lay down than another because of their upbringing. And we are compassionate, even as the Lord is compassionate, because he took on the feelings of humanity. We are compassionate to people. And we understand that, and we're not putting somebody down because they're dealing with an addiction or they're dealing with something. But my friend, there comes a time in place where you've got to step it up and come and put your mind and gain understanding and use your faith on that situation and walk away. There comes a time. And it can't be about my problems, my struggles, my addictions, my things for the last several years. Therefore, we're not helping the young ones. Therefore, we're not able to reach out in compassion to the young ones because it's still all about me. I mean, I hope I'm not sounding hard and and cold, but in some respects, we got to get out of the baby beds and step it up. Because when you are in front of Christ at that judgment day, well, Lord, you can give a hundred excuses, but he will say, you attended Spirit of Faith Family Church. And they taught you. And they were bold about it. And you just kind of came in and out, received it sometime, and didn't apply yourself. And that's why you're here on judgment day. It won't be me. All right. I won't be there. I mean, I won't be in front of you on judgment day. Okay. I'm in front of you now and that's good, but you'd rather me be in front of you than to have to face it on judgment day. It behooves you to, to apply it, to put it to practice. So we are compassionate to those who, and even those, just like Dr. Dufresne has said, you know, come for at least a year and let us work with you. Yeah. But in all honesty, it's like three or four or five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you had a past like mine. All right. Okay. And, and there are things, but what he's saying is at least for a solid year, come to every service. Right. E- e- every service. Every. Every. Does that, I just want to make sure that they're hearing it right. Every. every. Not just Sunday. Oh, okay, okay, all right. right. Get the car, get the car there. All right. Come every service. Now, I'm not trying to run anybody out. 
you're still working on that mentality of coming on Wednesday. I understand that, but you know, hurry up and get it correct. Amen. <laughs> because uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be coming to your funeral. All right, I don't, I don't want to be getting you out of that mess. Verse eight, chapter five. Though he was a son, talking about Christ, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Uh, there is a suffering in the flesh. Oh, very much so. Uh, so if you're trying to get rid of the suffering in the flesh, it's not the suffering in the flesh. It's, it's eradicating the wrong things. The flesh will suffer for a period, and eventually it'll feel better. You know, it'll get over it. Uh, verse 9, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Wow. Since you have become dull of hearing. In other words, you were getting it, you were hearing, but now you're not. What's happened? I think there's something about that suffering in the flesh that they didn't like. And that's why Paul was using that as an example. Because when we're suffering in the flesh and we don't like it, and and all these thoughts are coming to our mind and what have you, it's just like, well, forget it. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's too difficult on my flesh. I want to be offended. And you can preach and preach and preach. And some people, it's just like, and I'm coming to church whether you like it or not. Uh Come on. I mean, because you preach and you teach and just keeps hitting me back in the face. Just like, why are you here? Come on, amen. Amen. I'm here to practice the word. I'm here to apply it to my life. So hear it and suffer in the flesh a little or a lot. It's really based on the mentalities of your past, the suffering you're going to do, but you're going to get through it. Because changing mindsets isn't always comfortable. Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Again, the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. That's what I'm saying. We can't all remain babies. But if we just keep on drinking milk and don't go on to the solid food, that means we are going to be big babies. Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, those who are mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And that word senses really gives a a, a mental senses, a physical and a spiritual. In other words, if you are mature, you are engaging your mind, you are engaging your heart, and you are doing something with it. You are not yielding to the emotions. Because the emotions will, ah! I know, been there, done that, had the t-shirt, had a lot of them, put oil on them, burn them up. Chapter 6, verse 1, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, leaving the arguments 
of those elementary or primary principles of Christ. Let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. In other words, letting sin go and not yielding to it anymore. Do you know, you know, some pastors are teaching it's okay to sin? Well, my Bible says, repent from dead works. Faith toward God. In other words, stop arguing against the truth. Well, I don't know why I didn't get healed. You know, before the last five years, you've been saying the same thing. Well, I don't know why I didn't get this. Why? Hey! Zip it! All right? Mark eleven twenty two says, whoever says and believes that whatever he says, he'll have whatever he says. So what are you saying? I, I expect to hear that from a young Christian, but after they've been coming here for a while, some young Christians wouldn't dare say that. Why? Because they're receiving. Because they're hearing. They're hearing. I can't talk about it's flu season anymore. They're hearing. I got to stop talking about I can't do this and I can't do the other. They're hearing. I, I got to stop talking about the devil, the devil, the devil. <laughs> Leaving the arguments. It doesn't mean that we don't keep looking at the word yeah. along the line of yeah. these foundation, primary, it says elementary, but it means principal things. We keep looking at them. We keep, uh, why? Because we're living by them, yeah. but we're teaching others. Yes. Yes. But when we're arguing and disputing and in offense and wondering why it's not working for us, Turn the head off and start thinking about others besides the self. Because the young ones need the word of God and they don't need a bunch of confusion and a bunch of doubt and unbelief spouted out by those who are offended in the local church. There was a, there was a, you can stand up. There was a, a lady in the church that was getting just a lot of help, and thank God they, they came back. But somebody in helps ministry told them, I don't know about this faith stuff. And because of that, that person got off. That young person. Because somebody in helps ministry said something like that. And that is deception. And we will be accountable for those things. Now, I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. I I hope this has not come across harsh. Our heart is that we are stewards. And when somebody comes to us and says, look, I've tried to be on time. It helps ministry. And I just can't do it because I got this, this, and this. Start thinking about how it affects other people. Start thinking about how your actions affect others. Because I understand those mentalities that have to be broken where, uh, you know, unfaithfulness and that type of thing. But when you stop thinking about self and start thinking about how it's going to affect others and how others have to double up and do your job for you. 
You understand? Yes. So what are we supposed to do? What are the mentalities that we are supposed to live by? I'm glad you asked. Real quickly. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You already read this, I know. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. That's what we're supposed to do. That, those are the mentalities that we are to put forth. And when the local church renews their mind and changes the mindsets to the love of God and giving and laying down our self-interest then the church will grow. And the and the anointing will infiltrate. And the anointing will move and heal. And then and your home will be changed because the anointing will go home with you. And the anointing will break the yoke of bondage. But if you per no Jesus, and the compassion of God will go forth and change your mentalities if you will listen. But if not, the anointing will break the bondage and you will be pushed out in order to protect the young ones, in order to protect those who will be hindered. The anointing will break the yoke either way. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a week where God's compassion will minister to ministers and pastors and, and to our church congregation and to those over live stream. But let's help by serving, and I'm talking about just not in helps ministry, although that's important, but let's help by serving with hearts of, I'm laying down offense, I'm laying down what I want, I'm suffering in my flesh, and I'm just simply saying, God, whatever benefits the body of Christ, that's me. I'm not going to speak Complaining, I'm not going to speak doubt and unbelief. I'm not going to be talking about people, even if I don't agree. You know, if you don't agree, you should talk to the pastor. But, you know, 
rather than spewing complaints and, and, and things that will hinder a church, it's just best to leave without hindering that place. But really, you should honor the pastor by coming to talk to them first, just seeing what they can do to help. Amen. Amen. But I believe that if we would just lay down our grievances, that God would bless us. We wouldn't have to go to the pastor about it. I know our helps ministry enough that if anything major was going on, then I would say otherwise, but it's not. It's really not. Your department's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. You just get in there and do your job and love and walk in love. And if somebody else isn't quite doing their job, just pray for them. Help them. That, you know. They might be going through a tough time. I've, I've told people in helps ministry, uh, do you know so-and-so is dealing with this, this, and this, and this? I'm talking about, you know, your coordinators dealing with some of these things. Can you just be compassionate on them? It's not all about you. Be compassionate on them. Well, praise the Lord. We love you. This is the day, this is the hour to lay down offense and to go forth in God's glorious power. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.